city to city, state to state, worldwide. You listen to In the Zone, and this is the network. The following program does contain language that some might find objectionable. Parental discretion is advised. Hey, this is Erica Fernandez, your girl, Curls and Sports, and this is the Priceless Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Price Check Podcast. I am your host, Josh Price, doing this here on the In The Zone Network, going city to city, state to state, worldwide. Back in the studio today, we finally have the mailbag episode that uh, so many of you were so gracious enough to send questions in for us, so thank you all uh, out there who were able to submit questions for this here episode. Um Arlington is going to be very pleased that we have two Bulls related questions. <laughs> um, okay, and, and it's actually going to start off our show. And to to be fair, I've actually been watching a lot of your Bulls. I have too. I've been, you know what I'm I've been watching a, a lot of Chicago Bulls. They're one of my my league pass addictions. I'll talk about that on another show. But, okay, um, it, it's the teams that you know don't get quite the same national. Attention or the amount of national TV games. Don't get me started on that. But I'm not going to get started on that. But today. every time they're on League Pass, I find myself whether it's a quarter, a half, the whole game. I'm I'm tuned in. The Bulls and I'm, the Hornets are my 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 guilty pleasures. I'm gonna tell you why you can tune into the Bulls telecast, and it ain't because of the team. It's because of Stacey King. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because of Stacey, St- man. Stacey's entertaining. Yes, he is. Stacey's Quite. very entertaining. I, I got I to gotta tip my hat to Stacey. But, yeah, the Bulls and the Hornets have been my, my guilty pleasures on League Pass this year. Yeah, I have to, I have to admit, LaMelo has gotten my attention. Yeah, we'll also be uh, answering some LaMelo-related questions here or a multi-part question. All right. Uh, pretty soon, but we're just gonna we're gonna dive into this thing. We're gonna you know take a few minutes to to answer everything. But uh, first question of the night: Is Zach Levine a top twenty five player in the league right now? My quick answer is yes. Wow. The reason for that is the twenty four All Star spots he's got one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but in in all seriousness, though, again, from me watching the Bulls, I I gotta give him top twenty five. Top twenty five seems kind of loose, like. I feel like this would be more of a debate, like if we were talking like top fifteen, eh, maybe top twenty. Top twenty, Tw- yeah. twenty five. I feel like he's solid okay. in there. All right, I, I feel like twenty five. He's solid. In there. You convinced me enough where I'm, we can say the same thing. I mean, like we got, I, and you can you can pull this up and tell me if I'm wrong. But I think he's averaging like twenty six or twenty seven a game right now. If that's not top twenty five, what is? You mean to tell me I'm averaging more than 25 a game and I can't even crack the top 25 players like that? Some is a little off there. But yeah. he he's pretty he's pretty consistent night to night too on what he's doing for them even outside of just the scoring numbers. Um the problem with Zach is the turnovers. Like he I feel like he has turnovers that crush them in like the fourth quarter every night. 28.7. See, I and I undersold. 28 28 a night. Almost 29. <laughs> 29, 29 a night. Yeah, he, he top 25. He top 25 in my book. Somebody yeah. somebody wanted to argue with me like you would literally just have to name the 25 that you think are better. Like we know of course like the LeBron's, Lucas, Giannis, uh Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. We, we know those types of guys, but when you get down to like okay, are you taking him or CJ McCollum? I'm taking Zach. 
Yeah, I would have to agree with that statement. You know what I mean? Because, uh, like, if you look at it, his stats have – his points per game has gone up the last three, four seasons. Yeah. You know, uh, or three seasons, I should say. And it's like he's just getting better. Every – Every year, and I, I think Billy Donovan might have been the might have been the guy for him. Billy Donovan was the right coach after all. In, in watching the Bulls, there's some still some roster things you can tweak with them, but Zach and the Bulls as a whole, I've liked what I've watched this year. Yeah, and they are they just need to learn how to close out games. That's it, big time. <laughs> that's that's the, been their biggest. That's been the downfall. That's been their biggest problem. Yeah, they will have huge third quarters and or. Huge first and third quarters, but not they can't close out halves. Yeah. And they can't close close out in games. the halves is where is where they struggle a little bit. But I mean, young team that's that's kind of one. It's expected, yeah, yeah. So no doubt, um, Zach is solid in the top twenty five for me. So next question, we're actually gonna get to Lamelo Ball. Um, Multi part question here. So, how do you feel about Lamelo Ball up until this point? Um, should he be starting? Which he he has been now that Devonte Graham has been hurt. Is he a clear winner for the Rookie of the Year award, and has he surpassed his brother Lonzo already? Yes, he's definitely better than Lonzo. I'll say that on wax right now. He's de- <laughs> Even if you don't want to say that he's just definitively better than Lonzo, if you're starting a team, you're taking him. That was already established by his own father, and that was we established knew this, by Lonzo himself. We knew this years ago. Like he, he's better than Lonzo. Um. The ability to pass and like that feel for the game, feel for playmaking. Of course, he he's got a step ahead of him there. He's a better shooter than what I've seen from Lonzo. Mm-hmm. He's not as consistent, maybe, but he's a better shooter than Lonzo. Um, and he he tries a little bit on defense. He's maybe not the same defender one on one that Lonzo is, but uh, I'll take him over Lonzo definitely right now. Offensively, um, yes. And I didn't know that I was going to say that when he got drafted. Because it was sometimes like he definitely you. I've been a big, big advocate for this ever since Luca got drafted. We have to start taking seriously these guys who go overseas and play instead of going to college. Because there is something to be said about playing against grown men and having to act as a grown man at 18, 19 years old when you travel with some of these international teams as opposed to just being on a college campus for six months. True, and I think that helped. I think that helped Lamelo. Not to say that it necessarily hurt Lonzo. I think Lonzo is the player that he was going to be. Uh, looking back on it, it probably was unfair to give him expectations of like Jason Kidd and some of the other players that he was getting compared to out of UCLA. Which, granted, in college he was great, but I think there was a learning curve that was going to happen for him in the league, especially with the jump shot and you know feel how you want to feel about everything that happened with Lavar, but. I think he's definitely better than Lonzo, uh, speaking of LaMelo. Is he a clear winner for Rookie of the Year? I don't know. <laughs> That's probably a terrible way to answer that. But So, when the season first started, I thought it was between him and James Wiseman. James Wiseman since got hurt. He just came back. But they have him coming off the bench as opposed to starting. It's probably not going to be the situation for him to win Rookie of the Year. But it's, I bet he wins it. Eh, I think he missed too many games. I feel like once no, you, I'm talking about oh Lamelo. Lamelo's gonna win. Yeah, I think Lamelo's gonna win it. Unless so, the other guilty pleasure league pass that I have has been the Kings, and it's only because of Tyrese Halliburton. Only mm-hmm. because of Tyrese Halliburton, and he is like that would be my dark horse rookie of the year. 
I don't know that the Kings are going to win enough games because I feel like the Hornets are probably going to be a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he's he's going to get – the other person I was going to say is going to get votes, but he's not going to win it is Patrick Williams. Yeah. Patrick Williams has been has been good for the Bulls. Um, Reminds me a lot of Luel Dang, man. A, a sneaky rookie, Emmanuel Quickly, for the Knicks. I've, again, I have found myself watching more Knicks games than I played <laughs> coming into the season. No, you know, it, it's going to do that to you, man, because you're starting to see these young guys – and there's a kid right now, I have to throw his name out there, at Oklahoma State, Kay Cunningham. Hey, look, Kay the bad boy. Kay nope. the <sighs> – He had he a monster game today. If he does not go number – I don't care what happens between now and the next NBA draft. He don't go number one. Just fire the GM. Fire whoever has number one pick if it's not Kay Cunningham. Because he is – he's everything you want in today's NBA. I think he went for 40 today. 40 and 11. Yeah. And he's doing – this is at Oklahoma State. Like, it ain't like he got no real help. When last time somebody went to Oklahoma State to play basketball? <laughs> Joey Graham? <laughs> right. You see how that turned out. <laughs> we ain't looking at Joey Graham as a superstar. Hey, he, nice a, career. From but, a star standpoint? Yeah. Ah, man. You, you got It's hard to find. And and boy down there balling. Shout out to Kay Cunningham, man. So, um, I think LaMelo wins it. I think he's been good so far. He's been a surprise, at least in the all-around, in, in examining his game. He he tries a lot harder on defense than I expected him to. Um, not as good of a defender, but that's going to come with time. He's 19. You know, give him time. Nobody comes into the league as a finished product. So, um, I like what I've seen out of LaMelo. He's made Charlotte fun. They have somebody that they can realistically build around now. Um, and something we'll probably talk about on another episode of the price check. If you're Charlotte, you have to be thrilled with how losing Kimba has worked out for you, right? Wow. Because if you if you look at them compared to the Celtics, while they're not the same contender that the Celtics are, I mean they don't have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like that's just what it is. But you look at the Hornets and the guard situation, Terry Rozier has been balling this year. Yep. LaMelo has been balling this year. They've won games without Devontae Graham, and Gordon Hayward is everything that you expected him to be when you paid him. Celtics, on the other hand, they look like they're missing Gordon Hayward and Kimba Walker. Like, Kimba has played, but he's a shell of himself. He's not the Charlotte Kimba. That step back don't look the same because the knee's a little, <laughs> a little wobbly. A little shaky, man. And granted, he probably thought the season was going to start a little bit later than what it did, you know, that threw off his rehab, whatever, but – at the end of the day, the results is the results, and Kimba just don't look the same. And that's that's a problem if you're Boston when you still got years left on that big deal you signed him to. Yep. So, again, we'll we'll get to them another time. Enough Boston Celtics talk here on, on the price check. But um, next series of questions related to Steph Curry. Is Steph peaking too early? Now, granted, it, and for those of y'all listening, this question did get sent, you know, a little bit earlier than what we're recording this. So, if some of these seem like they might be talking about a little bit earlier time frame in the season, that that's why. Um, is Steph peaking too early? Can he take his team to the playoffs by himself? And where does he rank on the all-time list of point guards to you? Um... At this point, I don't think there's a such thing as Steph peaking too early. This is just the season he going to have. <laughs> um, Steph looks like MVP Steph again. Um, he spent a lot of, you know, a lot of last year injured. They had a, you know, rocky season missing him, uh, you know, being without Clay, you know, Draymond, you know, limiting his minutes, things like that. Steph is just doing Steph things again. And 
He's putting the team on his back. I definitely think he can take them to the playoffs. Now, I don't know what you're going to expect him to to achieve with the team as it is right now in the playoffs, but I wouldn't want to play them as that like a 7 or 8 seed. I mean, at this point right now, uh as we sitting uh doing this uh recording, they're sitting at the 7th seed. So, if they were to be in the playoffs right now, they would play our favorites, the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> no, nothing nothing more for my basketball fandom. Nothing would <laughs> would give me more joy than seeing the Clippers lose in round one to the Warriors without Clay. You Y'all saw how many jokes we got out of them blowing the three one lead. Do you know how many jokes I have they lost in the first round to Steph and the boys? Yeah. Because let's be honest. What they have around Steph right now in Golden State is okay, but it's not great. Like Draymond, Draymond at like point center has been amazing from a playmaking standpoint. He can't score for you. No, he's not going to give you anything in the points column. Going to give you as many rebounds and assists as his heart will allow him to put out on a given night. And I'm grateful that everybody else is stepping up, man. Who would have yeah. thought Kent Bazemore? Kent Bazemore. Um, What's the match? Toscano Anderson. Andrew Wiggins has been, like, weirdly important for them. And Kelly Oubre. Kelly, hey, Kelly Oubre out here making believers out of some people, man. You know what I'm saying? That's trying what I'm to, like. Look, trying to get that bag secured at the end of the season. He know, <laughs> you know what time it is? <laughs> oh, yeah. I get to show out next to Steph every night. He can hit threes. I can hit threes too, baby. Go ahead, you know. Pass me this left-hand corner three. But, I, you know, I think they can make the playoffs – while I'm again, jokes aside, while I'm making the statement, I would love to see the Clippers lose them. It might be a little bit of an uphill battle for for the Warriors to say the least. But when you got Steph, you basically got to look at a playoff series like, okay, how many times in seven games can Steph just win me a game by himself? That's a very hard question to answer. Right now, that answer he just can't. That's just me. I think Steph can get you at least a game by himself. Just just off the strength of, okay, let's use the Clippers as an example, especially right now given that they don't, like, Patrick Beverly has been hurt most of the season. They don't really have a point guard position figured out. Um, You can look, Steph is going to have a night where he goes, like, 10 for, six, 10 for 16 from three-point range and has, like, 40 points. They might only win by a point, but it's a win. Like, you got to take what you can get. Exactly. A win is a win no matter how you get it. So, I, I think that can that could be dangerous come, come playoff time with Steph. Now, this is an interesting question for me and where he ranks all time for point guards because I don't necessarily think that I've thought of his career in the lens of a traditional point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, for instance, it's hard for me to compare him to, like, a Jason Kidd, right? Or Stockton. He's not He's not an assist, you know, he's not an assist piler. He's not that type of player. Um, Steph has changed the game, though. Like, you, you got to put you got to put some respect on his name from that aspect. But if we're just talking about all-time players that have played the point guard position, the highest I can give him is three. And I'm torn – on that, because, of course, we're talking Magic Johnson, we're talking Jason Kidd. I feel like we got to give Isaiah Thomas some credit here. 
you and, and actually those, have to give Stockton some too. And for, for you those can't sit who, there and just sit there and, and just completely crap on him, man. Right. And so the the knock on Stockton, of course, is going to be that he played with Carl Malone his whole career, right? But if we're if we're putting everything out on the table, Steph hasn't played or hasn't won anything without Clay. Mm-hmm. It's Clay. It's been him, Clay, and Draymond that have been the Warriors that we know. But the years leading up to those three playing together, the Warriors are nothing special. Hell, we didn't know Steph was still going to be in the league with the ankle problems. So, the best I can do for you is third for him. I feel like it's more realistic, like he's somewhere four to six. You almost going to have to make a separate list. Like you have traditional point guards on one side and kind of like scoring scoring guards on another because if that's the case Allen Iverson is going to be the top scoring guard point guard that you've ever seen yeah <laughs> you think about it think about how rugged he had to get you know he's so, six foot tall and he was able to do the things that he was able to do speaking of rugged I need whether you're listening to this Arlington anybody just please go back. I did this about a month ago, and I was amazed. Just please go back and watch Game One of the 2001 Finals. Just do <laughs> quick. If you want a real, if you want a real basketball history lesson for yourself, go back and watch the things that Allen Iverson was having to do in that game. Just, just to get a win off the Lakers. That 48 points was a masterpiece. I got, I got to tip my hat to it. Like that's, that's legendary. Because mm-hmm. he, he gave them a chance in the series that they had no chance in. You look at the roster that he played with, that he took to the finals, his second best player was the Kimbe Mutombo. Exactly. I don't need, <laughs> there's no punchline. There's no follow-up. There's, you that's can't it. even say nothing after that. That's it. The Kimbe Mutombo is his second best player. How does he do that? How does he do it? <laughs> not just, it was not to mention your finals opponent is one of the one of the greatest teams of all time. Right. Absolutely. I got I to gotta tip my hat. So, if we're considering Allen Iverson a point guard, which I wouldn't, but if we're considering him a point guard in this argument, then Steph is like six. Because you, again, Magic, Kid, Stockton. Isaiah Thomas. Again, Detroit Isaiah Thomas. We're not talking Boston Celtics Isaiah Thomas from a couple years ago. Oh. Making that clear for anybody listening. <laughs> hey, that's, that's with one A, not two A's. Yeah, so... <laughs> I want to make sure I clear that up just so that we don't have any confusion here. I don't want to feel like I'm endorsing some some. Yo, and you and them getting to myself, man, what are you talking about, man? Right. So we're talking about Pistons Isaiah Thomas because we also I, – I feel like it gets forgotten that he took the bad boys to the finals those two years that they won championships. Yeah. And if we – again, if we're being honest, he didn't have another superstar on his team. Joe Dumars was good but not great in my opinion. Role players. He had – they basically were the same thing that the Pistons in 03, 04 ended up being. Um, you had one, you know, again, Chauncey's not on the same level as Isaiah. Ain't but no star. It wasn't no stars on that squad. I don't care what anybody says. There's, there's no stars on the bad boy Pistons. And mm-hmm. so for him to have led, especially being a smaller guard in that time period, and you're you're the best player on the team, like he's the only example that we have of a like a little guy being the best player on the team and then being a championship team. Allen Iverson tried it, but he ran into, again, one of the greatest teams of all time. Outside of that, who else is like 6'1 or shorter and you've been able to win a championship with them as your best player? It's Isaiah Thomas, and that's it. What's Steph, 6'2"? He's like 6'2", 
Okay. And and even then, we've never seen Steph do it to where it's just Steph and parts. Because I'm about to say, each time that they won the, the in the three, was it three out of four championships yeah. they won? He never won finals MVP. Never won finals MVP. Now, in fairness to Steph, I do think he should have gotten finals MVP the first championship. Yes. They... The same thing they did with Andre Iguodala, they did with Kawhi Leonard when my uh, LeBron was in Miami. Just because you were the primary defender on the best player in the series, we're going to give you Finals MVP, and that's not how it should work. Like Kawhi, if you go back and look, Kawhi Leonard won Finals MVP that year against or with the Spurs against the Heat. LeBron still averaged thirty a game. What, but it was how hard he had to get it. Again, whether I got to work. Regular time or overtime, I still get paid at the end of the day. I was still getting my 30. You, you, said, go, you was going, hey, on you on the court. That's the same thing as people will say about Mike. Mike will go 10 for 30, but he's going to get that 30 points. He's going to get his 30. But you got to work for it. Working for it or not, I don't think the reward should have been, okay, just because you made him play hard, you're the, the finals MVP is supposed to be the best player in the finals. I don't think Kawhi was that. I think he was a great defender in the finals. He wasn't the best player in the series. Who was a better person? It should have been Duncan. It should have been Duncan. Just like I think Steph should have been the the finals MVP in, I guess that was 2015. 15. 15. Like, granted, Andre Iguodala did a great job, but LeBron led the series in every statistical category. You could make the argument he should have still been the finals MVP, even in the loss. I actually would have been fine with that. He literally led the entire series, every player in every single individual statistical category. I would have loved to hear the argument from that one. That that would have been legendary. We don't we're not gonna have a whole lot of LeBron <laughs> talk in this podcast, but that would have been legendary. I would have loved to hear the argument on that. You won Finals MVP and your team didn't even win the series. But yeah, Steph ain't top five right now. Nah, um, top ten probably. Yeah, he. he <sighs> That point, like I said, point guard is tough for him. I don't, I can't, it's hard for me to compare him to traditional point guards, but if I have to, he's like five or six all time. Mm-hmm. Now, he, he, again, he has changed the game, changed the way we play it, changed the way kids play the game, like, game changer. But <laughs> the the hard part is, too, that even though he doesn't have the finals MVP, he does have three rings. So, like, how heavy do you weigh that for him against John Stockton, who has zero? How heavy do you weigh his three rings versus Isaiah Thomas's two? You know, like, yeah. hell, if Jason Kidd didn't have the same statistical resume that he has, you could make the case like, okay, are you taking Steph and his three championships in the way he's gotten it, or Jason Kidd's career and his one championship that he was able to get at the back end? The same can be said for Magic Johnson. Magic got five. Yeah. And Magic's untouchable to me. And that's not even just from a Lakers fan standpoint. Magic played 11 years. His team was in the finals nine years. Correct. Record be what it is. He won five, lost four. Okay, cool. I don't think he ever missed the playoffs in his Laker career. You you made the playoffs every year. You were in nine finals in 11 seasons. Even, even the year he came back, I think they made the playoffs. So you, Magic is untouchable. It's, mag- it's Magic, J.K., and then we can have conversations about the rest. I mean, the same can be said about Mike, but that's a whole other story. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Mike just, in just a little bit. All we'll, right. Next question, though. When the Clippers 
I, I love. I, I'm sorry that I'm not remembering who all sent these questions. I apologize, but I love that whoever did send this question said when the Clippers failed to make the finals, rather than if the Clippers <laughs> failed to make the finals. So, when the Clippers failed to make the finals this year, should Kawhi Leonard leave in free agency and go where? That's the question. In any other circumstance, I probably would say, yeah, maybe let you know, test the waters, like see see what's up. Where you gonna go? He would he would essentially have to go back to the Eastern Conference. There's nobody out west that he can go to. He's not he's not going and pulling the Montrez Herald and going. That sounds like Philly. Nah, they, you you said Eastern Conference. What Toronto want him back? He would either have to go back to Toronto. He would have to go somewhere like he's not going to like a Charlotte or no place like the Knicks, the Wizards, like. <laughs> Those are the options, though. Like, where it doesn't really, he doesn't really have a place to go if he did really want to leave. Unless somebody, out again, out of nowhere, decides, okay, we're gonna blow our current situation up to make make Kawhi happy or make room for Kawhi. So, like, throwing this out here, mm-hmm. I don't think it would be a possibility. I don't think it would happen. But just it's putting all the chips on the table. Yep. If Golden State decided to say fuck it. We gonna find somebody to send Draymond to. We gonna find a way to get off of this Andrew Wiggins contract, and we gonna sign Kawhi. You got Steph Clay and Kawhi. You in business? Scary. You got Steph Clay and Kawhi. It's a little business. scary, man. Because you basically are just you may not ask Kawhi to play small ball five in the way that you ask Draymond to, but you can put him as the primary defender on whoever the other team's best player is, and then beauty of it you don't have to ask him to do as much on offense nope same thing that was said with kevin durant signed with oh uh, excuse me got traded over there now I, again i don't i don't see Kawhi doing that no i don't either but that's the that would be the only type of move that made sense right and if that were to be the case like for kevin that wasn't his team remember no, no. the same would be said for Kawhi. that won't be his team now and then they won't ask him to hey man i don't need 30 out of you i just yeah. need you to be solid as you've been your entire career or how have you been when you with the clippers or when you were with the spurs i'm not looking for you to take over a game right durant did so because he felt that way now if there is anybody who probably would embrace the fact that, oh, I get to be a superstar and it don't have to be my team, it might be Kawhi. Mm. Because okay. I, I think the reason he chose somebody like Paul George to go and play with with the Clippers, while Paul George, we don't think about him as, like, best player in the league type of guy, that's how he feels. Like, that's how he carries himself. Like, he in his mind, he's wired like, yeah, I'm the best guy out here. And so he's going to make the statement speak on behalf of the team the same way that the best guy on your team would. Kawhi not really trying to do that. Right. But at the same time, we know when, when you put the, the five guys on the court, Kawhi is the go-to guy. It's his, it's his team. But he doesn't want to be the vocal guy. Whereas if this type of situation were to present itself, you can go to Golden State and let and Steph be the face of everything. Meanwhile, you on the court just being able to do everything without pressure. Right, but that like that would be the only situation that I could think of where it would even make sense for him to leave. Even if you saying that him being on the Clippers, they're never going to be a championship team. They're still going to be a playoff contender every year. Where else does he go? Where 
it actually could work from a contract standpoint and they have enough there to where like they're a legit title contender. I don't I don't really see too many options for him. So do I think he should leave? Probably not. And why leave Los Angeles? Just from a living standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Am I saying, ain't that home for him? Yeah, like he, he grew up well, he grew up in California, like San Diego area. So uh, yeah, that's basically home. So I, I don't think he's going anywhere. So next question. Thoughts on Zion. Is the league forcing his stardom on fans? Does he need to expand his game? Wanna we'll start with the first one? Just so, the thoughts on. Um I think we have been a little unfair to Zion. Okay. And so a lot of a lot of people had the discussion this week. You know, all-star reserves came out. Of course, all-star teams came out. Um, and I had had a conversation with boy James. James has been on the show a couple times. Um, and so people, and, and I'm not saying that James is a full-blown person in, in this thought process, but there are really people out here who feel like, like Zion is, like, overhyped or that he doesn't deserve some of the praise that he's getting. Meanwhile, he's averaging 25 points a game and shooting 61% from the field. Like what? Though, to put that in perspective for everybody that's listening, I saw this tweet, and it was remarkable to me. 25 points per game, 61% field goal percentage for a whole season. Obviously, he, he still has the rest of the season to go. Just those two statistics in the same season by one player has occurred twice. Charles Barkley and Kevin McHale. Both that has done what? 25 points per game and shot 61% or higher from the field in the same season. Wow. Now, I saw another interesting stat. For a guy such as Zion to be shooting 60% from the field and 70% from the foul line, only one other person I can see that's done that. His name was Artis Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, like – Artis Gilmore was is the all-time leader in field goal percentage in the in, in NBA history. Right. And but, we're talking about Barkley and McHale, who are two all-time greats. On the 50 greatest players of all time. Artis Gilmore was a as a bucket in the in, in the paint. Get yeah. it to him, he putting it in. And and we're saying that Zion is overhyped and he's doing he's literally doing stuff that we have either rarely seen or never seen. My life hasn't never seen that. Like like I didn't, LeBron yeah, I has say, never done that. I've never seen Artis Gilmore play. Like me neither. In in his actual career, like I could go. YouTube I've seen him. Barkley and McHale play. Yeah, like so. Not only is that what he's doing now. Granted, the Pelicans haven't been winning in the way that people probably thought that they would coming into the season, but that's not on him. I think one, they made the wrong coaching choice in Stan Van Gundy, and two, they've made poor roster decisions. Like Zion is out here playing the four next to Stephen Adams. But people are asking why he doesn't average more rebounds. Because he has this big-ass Steven Adams clogging the paint for him and taking rebounds that would otherwise be his. So if, again, me putting my GM hat on, me putting my coaching hat on, if I'm in that position with the Pelicans, I'm probably not doing it a lot of Zion's minutes, but I'm at least putting him as a small ball five some parts of the game and just putting all shooters around him. Like, why not? You got to... You have to try to adapt to how basketball is being played today. And we can also see if he gets a big out on him on the perimeter, he's not like that big's not stopping him from getting to the basket. And judging by his field goal percentage, he's going to make a lot more of those than he misses. 
So I thought Brandon Ingram was taller. I'm sorry. I no, 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 no. Trust me. I, I've done again. I've done a deep dive <laughs> on the Pelicans. I've watched way too many Pelicans games and been disappointed more so on their national TV games than I have been in their league pass games. But again, another topic for another time. Yeah. with The team. But as far as Zion, Zion has been as good as advertised to me. I think where a lot of people are caught up is that when we first learned about Zion, we was, you know, watching his dunk highlights on, you know, Instagram, YouTube, wherever, and people start instantly comparing him to like the most hype since like LeBron James. And that's kind of what's stuck in people's mind, but they're not the same type of player. Like No. LeBron was always meant to be a perimeter guy. I think we have tried to force perimeter guy on Zion who's really gonna be more of a technically undersized big, but he's a big. Yeah, he's a Barkley. Yeah, that's really that's really what he is. He is new age Charles Barkley. He's not going to shoot a whole lot from outside, but guess what? If you tell him go get to the rim and get a bucket, he's going to do it. Yep. So I I think he he has done very well this year. He's done very well staying healthy, which I was a little skeptical of. Mm-hmm. Um, do I feel like the league is forcing his stardom on fans? I do think they have. Like, yes. I do think they have. <laughs> Like five too many Pelicans national TV games. Yes, yes, yes. But they want the, they want people to see him. Yeah, now that's the other side too. Not only do they want people to see him, people tune in to watch him. And I'm like, how in the world? And I'm and I'm yes, I'm going to say this because I'm a Bulls fan and fine. You call it however you want, bias. How is it that the Bulls had one national television game that was not too long ago against the Sixers? I'm still pissed about that game. But a whole other story is you got that one game, and the Pelicans had a plethora. Yeah. They, more than they're, my fingers. They're in double digits, I think, in terms of national televised games so far. And that's and you're talking about comparing them to, what, the third biggest media market? Third biggest media in market in the league, man, behind yeah. L.A. and, and New, New York. York. Yeah. And New York don't get the same loving. And they number one. Yeah, because they, they get away with New York because they put Brooklyn on TV when – as good as Brooklyn is, New York cares about the Knicks. Exactly. Like, let's, let's keep it a buck, right? Brooklyn care about the Nets, maybe. Right. But and I said maybe. That's a that's a hard hard maybe because most people just grew up being Knicks fans. Right. Like, win, lose, or draw with them, you you watch the Knicks. Um, now, does Zion need to expand his game? Not necessarily. I, I agree with that. I think the older that he gets, naturally, he'll probably start taking more jump shots. Uh, but right now. If can't nobody stop him from getting to the basket, why change up what you're doing? Right, because right now he's what shooting thirty two percent from three. He can hit it, but he he's not it. going to. That's not going to be a primary thing where he has to do it. But look, if this was if this was nineteen ninety six, people would be asking, "Why are y'all asking that big ass man to take jump shots? He's six seven, six eight, two hundred seventy pounds. Go to the basket." Yo, my argument to that was: look at Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley would take jump shots. Yes, but but Charles Barkley was just that skilled too. Like Zion, no, when we're talking about expanding his game, the jump shot current state, I don't think is anywhere near as good as what Barkley had. Barkley was a monster on in the paint. You know Barkley I mean? Barkley would beat you up down low and then surprise you after the fact, like, oh, you just gonna give me this? Okay, cool. You go 18 foot. He can hit them 20 footers though. Yeah, that's 20, what I'm saying. Like, he can hit it from out there. He can definitely step out. And so Zion, that's probably gonna be the next step in his game, but I don't think that's an immediate need for him. Like, no, not right now. He's only 20. And he's averaging 25 a game without it. <laughs> Mostly, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. 
Now, I know we have this same type of talk with Giannis and, you know, whether or not he should be taking jump shots and all that. Now, Giannis should probably just stick to doing what Zion's method has been at this point. Because we know the the jump shot just isn't there for him now. Like, we have a lot more evidence for him that he just needs to stop taking those, whereas we're trying to encourage Zion to take more. So, expand this game. It's not necessary right now. I think he's been great this season without much expansion of his game. Um, I do think he's going to continue to get better. Now, what is going it's going to be critical for him is he can't age like how we've seen Blake Griffin age, right? Like, we used to all the highlights with Blake Griffin early on, and right now, like, Blake Griffin can barely get off the ground. I don't think he's had a dunk all year, by the way, Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've caught a couple Pistons games from time to time in passing. Um, and even watched him play my Lakers, it don't look good for Blake Griffin. I'm just just putting it out there. So, uh, for those of y'all just joining us, this is the Price Check Podcast here on the In the Zone Network in the middle of our mailbag episode. Um, next question. This was probably the most interesting question on the list to me. Yeah, I'll say so. Who has the better career if neither player gets hurt, Penny Hardaway or Tracy McGrady? Oh, boy. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. It's a head scratcher, man. Because, like, so Penny was, like, he was obviously a one-on-one, right? Six-seven playing point guard, able to handle the way he could, the way he could get to the basket, the way he could play back for other people. Like, it was just, it was all perfect, right? Tracy McGrady, though, like, Every time people mention his name, I instantly go to him in Houston and what is it, 13 points in 39 seconds or whatever against the Spurs. Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like, the 13 in like 33 seconds Tracy or something like that. Tracy in his prime was ridiculous. Yeah, and so it's it's really crazy that I didn't even realize he retired at the age of 32. That's what got me was I'm like, or oh, excuse me, yeah, 33. The last time he played pro ball in the NBA was 32. And that was nine years ago. And that's what's crazy. And with uh, and I'm looking at it now with Penny. Penny's last year, he actually missed the year because he retired and then he tried to make a comeback. Right. Try to play with the Heat in 08. And I didn't even think that's the thing. It's like you wouldn't even, you really? wouldn't have even known that he was on the squad. Penny was playing in Miami. He played 2007, 2008 with the wow. Miami Heat. I don't you, remember that at all. Exactly. You won't, <laughs> you won't even you won't even remember that. That he played with Dwayne Wade. So this is look. It's hard, man. Because if you look at the stats, you look at it, um they they both played fifteen seasons. Both of them did. Um Penny was more a point guard. Right. But he could score. He knew how to score, get to the cup, and score. Tracy was score first. Right. I'm going to put the ball in the hoop however I need to before I even think about making a pass. So, as a scoring guard, I think Tracy already fulfilled what he was supposed to do. Right. Compared to Penny, who was an all-around player. And I can't. it's hard because you got an all-around guard against a scoring guard. And they both played around the same time period. Yeah, like they, they didn't quite overlap, but the errors weren't too far off. I think if Shaq doesn't leave Orlando, Penny has the most awesome career out of the two. 
But Shaq left. When Shaq left, that took a piece away from Penny. You know what I mean? If you yeah. really look at it. Yeah. See, now, I would have been like Penny or Grant Hill. That's kind of hard to throw Tracy in that mix. So, to me, it, you can even you can even add Grant Hill. It's crazy that all three of them played for the Magic. But uh, <laughs> One know. and what? One kind of overlapped the other? Yeah. You so know like what I'm you saying? Went, you went from Hurt Penny to then trading Tracy to Grant to Hill. Hurt Grant. Well, I guess you had Hurt Grant Hill before trading yep. Tracy. You had, yeah. I, so... I it, thought they played together. For real? I thought they did. I really thought that Grant Hill played. The problem was Grant Hill was hurt, and he yeah, didn't really get a chance to. He did. So that was the thing because if you – I guess that was – was that around like 2000, 2001? 2001, 2002. So Grant Hill goes and signs the free agent deal with Orlando. Yeah. They then trade for Tracy, or do I have the order operation? You got there? it right. Okay. It's like right there. So they trade it? for Tracy because I remember – People talking about it after the fact. There was this big talk around the magic that they had. They thought they had a chance at Tim Duncan. Yeah. So the thought for them, which crazy if it would have happened, Tracy McGrady, Grant Hill, Tim Duncan, same team in Orlando. Now that's when you start start talking big three stuff. That's that, when you start talking that. That big three could have got real, real heads and beds for the rest of the league, <laughs> especially in the East. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Iverson don't even get looked at. If those three play together at the same time during that time period. No, who's stopping? Especially if Grant Hill is healthy the whole time. Like, who's stopping that? Yeah, you got to think about healthy groups right there, man. Yeah, so if you – gun to my head. The two of, the, of those two? Of those two, I'm probably going to give the edge to Penny. Yep, that's what I was going to go for. The reason I say that is because I feel like Penny's the more interchangeable part. So, like, Tracy, it was some years in Orlando where it was looking bad for them. Yep. I feel like Penny could make players around him better in a way that Tracy just didn't really have full-blown in that time frame. Correct. Came a little bit more when he was in Houston, but we only saw that, you know, his prime in Houston, what, about basically like three years? Mm-hmm. So, I think I got to go with Penny. But that's a that's a tough one. It is. That's that, a tough. One. That, that that's a good question. Whoever uh, put that one out I, there. Look again. I apologize for not saving the names of, of these, you know, <laughs> listeners and, and, and you know friends of the show, as I like to call them. But that yeah, that question was a one right there. That's it. <laughs> so back to your Bulls. Okay. And your favorite player, Michael Jordan. My favorite player. Yeah. Do the Bulls win eight NBA Finals in a row if Michael Jordan doesn't retire after the '93 Finals? How different is his career if he never plays with Scottie Pippen? I'm going to answer the second question first. You want me to answer the first one? No, well, because I got a biased answer and then I have a non-biased answer. Well, so I, I know your non-biased answer is no. Correct. Personally, I think they could have found a way to pull off 94. And, and the reason why I'm going to give the non-biased – but. Continue though. Yeah. I got a non biased answer for that. So yeah, real quick before you before you give both of yours, the the basketball fan in me is saying that they probably find a way to pull it off in ninety four, but if and when they still lose Horace Grant is where the wheels fall off. Okay. That's so. to me, that's 
because you don't at that point you don't have nobody to guard a Cayman. If you ain't had nobody to guard a Cayman, it was over with. And shout out to the legend because you know he he's oh, yeah. a huge fan. Uh, he was a, he didn't like the Bulls to begin with. No, so Nothing. he would have got a, a bunch of joy out of seeing Mike lose in the finals to, to Houston. Yeah, but I think it would have been the very first time that Mike had to go seven games in an NBA Finals against yeah. Houston because Vernon Mad Max Maxwell would have been waiting for Michael yeah. that day because he would have had something that he would want to prove, and a lot of people, even himself, hated when. They dismissed the Rockets and their championship runs because you also have to understand you had Robert Ory, mm-hmm. you also had Sam Cassell as a rookie, you also had um, uh, Akeem Otis Thorpe. Yeah. To begin, because uh, the next season was Clyde, and the difference would have been if Mike would have stayed in you know during them two years and he didn't go away, he would have loved to go against Clyde again. Oh yeah. In the finals. See, no I question. Didn't, I didn't factor in the cloud aspect, so I might I might end up having those flip flop because I think we clearly saw, especially you know watching the last dance and everything that came with that that competitive bone for Mike. Like he'd have got up for that second series, especially knowing that if let's say they'd have lost that first time, oh he'd been ready for and the they next got one. to see Houston again, been ready for the next one. Or even okay, hey, we beat y'all now, y'all went and got Clyde. Y'all think that's gonna get y'all over? Yeah, that, and it took it personal. So yeah, Chicago would have got him. put Michael Jordan me. <laughs> I took that person. Yeah. He just took that person. But would it have been the same? Because remember, Horace Grant left right after the '94 season. I just I don't think like you would have. Who would you have gotten to replace Horace at that point? Because again, they didn't have Dennis either. You're not. You don't have anybody to guard a team, and at that point, I can't. I can't pick against the Rockets if you don't know exactly. who you're putting on him. It would have been a way more difficult series for uh, Chicago if the Bulls and Rockets would have got together in the '95 Finals. So let's just say if it was a repeat, you know, is is '94 the year that David Robinson won MVP? Correct. Okay, so I have another homework assignment for my listeners. Please, 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 please. If you write along that. Allen Iverson, game one of the 2001 finals. Please go watch the entire like highlights of Rockets versus Spurs. I think it was the second round of the Western Conference playoffs that year. David Robinson is the MVP of the league, and Hakeem Olajuwon took that personally. <laughs> I take that back. It wasn't. It was the year before then. Uh, who won that, that 94 year? I, I, I don't know. And I might be wrong in saying that it's the same year. That oh, Akeem won MVP that year. In 94? In 94. And did David Robinson won in 95? Yeah. Okay, so. But it was the 95 series. Yeah, so it's the 95 series that I'm talking about. Because Hakeem put his whole foot in David Robinson's ass for that <laughs> series. <laughs> he, he put his foot and bent it at the ankle right in David Robinson's ass that whole series. Because I tell you, there was a game, I'm pretty sure it was game five. Where if I can remember the stat line, I might have a couple numbers off. But I want to say Akeem did some ridiculous, like, 48 points, like, 15, 16 rebounds, and, like, eight blocks. <laughs> and and when you go back and watch the highlights of this game, what you're going to say to yourself is, I didn't realize that Akeem was just out here taking pull-up jump shots like this. <laughs> Western Comp- The Western Conference Finals. Because remember, they was a sixth seed. San Antonio was the number was, one seed. And went out there and snapped, look. And did the basketball equivalent of chain snatching. Oh, David Robinson. <laughs> Give me my, 
My grandma gave me that chain. I'm taking that back. I need that. That's what Hakeem Olajuwon did to his MVP. I remember one of those games where he made David look like an absolute he fool. Was, he was all over David Robinson the whole series, the whole time. Yep. So that that is another little history lesson, homework assignment that I want to give <laughs> to my listeners. You got game one of 2001 NBA Finals, Allen Iverson's 48-point performance. And then what I'm pretty sure is game five of that 95 Western Conference Finals, Hakeem just, again, breaks his foot 42 off. 42 points. 42 points right there. That easy. And 42. Just, again, foot, bent ankle, right in the backside. <laughs> David Robinson. <laughs> um, so the the final answer for me on the eight straight finals wins, if I I say no, but there is a world where it does happen. Yeah. I do think though Mike Mike's career is definitely different if he doesn't play with Scotty. And then oh yeah, but see remember, let's not forget, let's not forget there was four seasons one two three, three seasons excuse me, three seasons where he did not play. Yeah, with uh with Scotty Pippen they make the playoffs each year. They did now, but you gotta remember who they ran into. Yeah, they was running. Well, I mean, you want to make those arguments. Y'all want to always make them comparisons about LeBron and Michael. Stop it. Now, well, we'll we'll, we'll save this because this is gonna this is gonna come up in our last. It's gonna bleed so. again. Right? Yeah, it's gonna bleed again. <laughs> but I, what I will say, yes, Michael had to go up against the, basically the eighty Celtics, the bad boy Pistons, all in the same conference in the years without Scotty. Okay, yep. cool. At the time that Mike became Mike. He didn't have to see that era's equivalent to, like, the 2017 Warriors. There was no equivalent to that for his time frame. Mike was the show in terms of the league overall. LeBron was hands down the best player, but he did, he had nowhere near the best team, which is crazy to think about if you want to compare eras. More times than not, if we say this person is the best player in that era, more than likely they had the best team that entire era or most of it. That was a, the case a lot more times for Mike than it was for LeBron. But we'll get to that uh, again a okay. little, little bit later. But I do think – no, Scotty, he probably don't win six championships, but he figured it out to, like, you know, the tune of maybe three or four. If no, if no, if no Scotty uh... – Mike is averaging 35 for his career. Yeah, he's averaging 35 a night. For his career. Again, just put it in the books. It's it's a given. <laughs> Death taxes and Mike coming and dropping 35. <laughs> Guarantees in life. Just, it was, it was going to happen. Absolutely, life. man. Now, it would have been interesting to see what type of team they built around him. Yeah, if it wasn't. Because, Scotty. like, to me, you got to a point, especially once they went from Doug Collins to Phil Jackson, you got to a point where you start running out of coaching options for Mike. True. Because either, A, is he going to listen to the person or is the person actually going to add any value to the team? Or is he just going to be a yes man? Remember, if you remember from the last dance with Doug Collins, Doug Collins allowed Mike to do pretty much whatever yeah, he wanted to do was on Mike's offense. Show. It was his show. When Phil came in, he had to break it down a bit. Right. You know, him losing Charles Oakley was part that of that was, as well. Right. You know what I'm saying? And since we bring it up about Scottie Pippen, that means he would have also had to play with Olden Polonis. Oh, the Polonies. Yeah. At center. Because, yeah, Scotty would have been in Seattle. Exactly. So, that would have been a crazy thing. I don't think you get Bill Cartwright either. 
True. Remember that you have if you're gonna play it all the way back. Now, I guess the other interesting part to this question is: Does he not play with Scotty and also not play with Horace Grant? Because that throws Horace was uh, drafted by the Bulls. He right. was drafted, not traded. He was drafted okay. exclusively by. But the they Bulls. got them in the same draft, right? Right, yeah. and and I think Charles Oakley still gets traded Probably. because Probably. you went drafted him to play Charles Oakley's position. You exactly, you're not keeping both of them. Okay, so Ark Oakley was already gone, no matter what. Facts. I, that's that's interesting to think about. I I wonder the type of things we would say if Mike didn't have the six and zero finals record. Because I like I can I can see, you know, as people do the LeBron versus Mike comparison and just the things that people of or fans of today's NBA have to try to combat the GOAT argument with when they're arguing for LeBron or if you try to make an argument for anybody else. I just, it would be real interesting to see the types of talks we would be having about Mike if he had a loss on his record. The, dis- the disrespect that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gets. Yeah, because we leave Kareem out. And, again, Spencer Dinwiddie put this the best way I've ever seen it put. Kareem was the best player in high school, best player in college. college and best player in the NBA. Best player in the league. And, and if we really look at the stats of it, Kareem basically, he did the same thing with, as Kobe did essentially and basically had two primes. He yeah. had a prime with the Bucks before he got traded, and he had another prime with the Lakers. He was the greatest winner outside of Bill Russell of all time. And the reason why I can say that, because he was able to do it on three different levels. Yeah, every level. And what, he went in college, did he lose a game? I, <laughs> I don't think he did. I think yeah, I, he did. He he lost he lost the game to Houston and Elvin Hayes. I know so a lot of people again, don't know that, but still, he never lost a title game either in the three years that he was there. Three years, three championships in college. Like that's it's pretty difficult. Not to, to do. mention, well, he still got six MVPs in the league. <laughs> um, he got what five rings? I believe six, six maybe six. Yeah, one and, one with Milwaukee, one five, five with. with the Lakers. And then I believe maybe two or three finals MVPs. He definitely got the one with the Bucks. I know him and Magic kind of alternated. I don't a couple, know. I think Magic won the first time in 80. Because Kareem was hurt. out. And, and so, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I don't think he – let me go ahead and look at, at – I want to say it's two. I might have overshot it with the three because I think he got one of the other four. I, I Obviously, he missed that one. I think he may have got – so I can't remember, but we about to find out. But, yeah, I mean, Kareem, we talk about ghosts, man. Kareem definitely gets disrespected. Mm-hmm. Because that, Absolutely. the resume for him, like, he's the all-time leading scorer in league history. He played, what, 22, 23 seasons at a, at a position that most guys don't last that long 21. In? Like, come on. Man. So, uh, he won. So, he did win two finals MVPs, 85. I do remember that uh, my dad always talked about that team. He loved that team because yeah. he hated the Celtics. And 71, the Bucks. Right. So, yeah, so he's two times. Wait, so I might have to look this up. It might have to be off air. What's that? Fourteen years between Finals MVPs. Yep. <laughs> that that's pretty ridiculous. Well, if, that, you, if like you, that's like just to think about that, you're that good that long. Mm-hmm. Like fourteen years between Finals MVPs. That's not like saying you got two in a fourteen year career. He played longer than that on both sides. Two in twenty one years. And well, you got to think about it. Milwaukee has some bad teams to go along with. The Lakers had some bad teams, right? In between, by the time that Paul Westhead and you know the transition between Paul Westhead and Pat Riley, yeah, 
you know, they got a ring with them, and, you know, he got one with Milwaukee. So I'm saying, like, look, it is what it is. Yeah. So interesting GOAT talk there. Now, different type of GOAT we're about to talk about. Greatest team of all time. And so I, and just for those listening, I am interpreting this as, like, greatest team from an individual season as opposed to, like, greatest franchise of all time. For a season, right? Right. Okay. I think there are only three teams that get to get into this argument. 95-96 Bulls, 72 wins. 0-1 Lakers that almost swept through the playoffs. And then the 2017 Warriors that also almost swept through the playoffs. I think those are your those are your three that you choose from. The only honorable mention that I kind of feel bad for leaving off is like the 86 Celtics, but if you're if you're saying one of these is not like the other, they are the team that gets the out. Okay. So the recency bias would lead you to like the 2017 Warriors, just because how do you stop Steph, Durant, and Clay? I think if you have Mike and Scotty, you can adapt in some way. Ron Harper wasn't a slouch either. Just letting you know. So now, and again, it might be the wrong type of exercise for me to be thinking about. Okay, could these teams play against each other given the errors? But either, I think the the Lakers' problem would be that if we're trying to bring in the 2001 Lakers into like today's basketball, they're just putting Shaq in pick and roll all day. Yep. Granted, you wouldn't be able to stop stop Shaq on the block with anybody. Like Draymond's not guarding him, but. You gonna trade twos for threes all day long if you got Steph Clay and, and Kevin Durant. All right, and I guess the way I look at it, I remember that '96 team very well, yep. especially what they did in the month of January. They never lost. lost yeah, which I lose a game without losing. And that's, that's <laughs> and the that's losses tough. that they did get was some. Some of them, a couple of them was bull. Was it the Pacers lost towards the end of the season that I'm remembering? Is like yep. the, yeah, that, that was, was some sketchy. bull because of Hugh Hollins. When I say Hugh Hollins has some questionable stuff in his refereeing career, that was one of them. Because I, I want to say it was a loss to the Pacers and a loss to the Hornets that came like super late in the season to where it was almost a 74 and 8 season as opposed to when people don't forget. The Bulls had a two game losing streak. During that season. Mm-hmm. They lost back-to-back games and then, at that. And then the rest of the way. <laughs> like, uh, the losses that they had, I remember how they decimated the Knicks. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Like, I felt so bad. But it so, again, I, I didn't get to experience that Bulls team in the way that, again, recency bias that I've experienced, that Warriors team. Yeah. It's hard for me to believe because, again, what you have to remember, that is the team after the 73-9 and team. We're not even talking about the 73-9 and team. They don't, they don't get a seat at the table because you don't have a championship to show for your great season. Right. You don't get a seat at the table. That Warriors team with Kevin Durant, though, like it's hard for me to believe that any team from a previous era would be able to to match up with them for four quarters. Like, it just gets too hard. It's hard, man. It gets too hard at a point. Like, you got Kevin Durant, who's a walking 30-point night. That'd have been if – if we put the 96 team against the 2017, Durant is 
torching Scottie Pippen. I know, hey, I love Scottie Pippen. I love his defense. Tell me. And I'm a Bulls fan for life. Durant is torching Scotty. Durant ain't no way you Scotty. Scotty ain't never seen nobody with Durant size that can move and handle the ball that Durant like Durant. Can. You ain't stopping him. <laughs> we saw how how freely Kevin Durant was pulling up in the face of LeBron James in the finals. We Scotty Pitt, right, that's like work. But see, the difference is LeBron James really ain't an on ball defender. He liked the passing lanes. He liked the chase downs. So but that's I'm why just, it was so I'm just easy for him. The, I'm just saying in the thought process of I don't care who's in front of me. Exactly. All right, you looking at LeBron that way. You're going to look at Scotty the way. 6'11 against 6'7. It's, it's not happening. Durant torching them. Mike and Scotty are probably shooting more threes in today's NBA. But, they would. again, you're talking about Steph and Clay too. Like Steph pulling up from 30. 35, no problem. Like, if Ron Harper ain't guarding him, he pulling up. So, and like, you get, you know how you are, let's say, from in this studio, from where you standing, yeah. you Steph. I'm Ron. If I don't get up to that part of the, uh, if I don't get to that carpet, you Heads pulling up. Heads and beds. Over with. You're done. So, the answer might have to be the 2017 one. It. It, it doesn't, it's it's going to depend on the type of era. It doesn't feel right, but I think that's the right answer. It depends on the type of era, man. Now, what if, era are we playing? If we want, I guess, if we want to distinguish the conversation differently, if we want to say that that Bulls team is the greatest of all time, and then the Warriors team is maybe the most talented of all time, I I'll say see, that. I can see that too, because at the end of the day, you. You're comparing two championship teams, one won 67 games or 65 games, the other won 72. That's also like you, you kind of got to get the Bulls that credit there. So that, that was a toss-up. Again, recency bias, I would say the 2017 Warriors, but I think the real, the right answer is the, the 72 win Bulls. So last question of the day. This is, of course, the one where we're going to have to have a serious discussion here. How many rings will it take for LeBron James to be considered the GOAT? I feel like the answer for Arlington is there isn't a number because it's never going to happen. <laughs> he can surpass him, get seven, and he still won't be the greatest of all time. So, I personally think it's not as much about the rings, but so much more about the other accomplishments that would go with the rings. So, Let's say LeBron gets to six. Let's just throw it out there. Lakers win this year, and they win a, another one before LeBron retires. Six finals wins. We would assume that he doesn't have any more finals losses. So he's six and six in the finals, 500 record. He's already, I think, the all-time leading scorer in playoff history. He's getting pretty damn close to Kareem as the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. He's going to be at 10,000 rebounds. He's going to be at 10,000 assists. Will be the only player with 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. He will probably, I'm assuming if he wins six rings, he he has to have at least five finals MVPs. Maybe that last one gets a little dicey depending on what age we're talking about, but he's going to at least have five finals MVPs. I think at that point, the resume just becomes too overwhelming. Like at, at some point the numbers just start stacking up, and again you have to factor in the fact that Mike played 
what, three years at North Carolina where LeBron got to go straight to the league from high school. Yep. He took almost two years off in his prime. Mm-hmm. He then also One came and back and played two years as a senior citizen, essentially, compared to the guys he was going against at the time and also still averaging 20 a game. Like, so – one of the more underrated stats to me that doesn't get talked about a lot from Mike is the fact that he was 39 years old and averaging 20 a game on the guys that we thought he was not better than anymore. Did it in his final year, too, 40. So, so you you mean to tell me that this 40-year-old, like his average for his career is 30 points a game with those two seasons still factored in. Yep. Like that. So, again, Mike's case is rock solid. <laughs> it's rock solid. It's not – he got so many different things that you – and then you also – for Mike's case, that something that factors in in his favor, a lot of the folks like yourself that grew up with Mike's career. Yep. There's nothing like what Mike felt like for basketball in the moment. Yep. We only got a, a brief snippet of it of the, you know, I want to be like Mike commercials. He was the most recognizable face on the planet, let alone sports. Most recognizable face on the planet. You might be able to make an argument for that with LeBron right now, but most recognizable face on the planet, let alone sports, was Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. Also, this might not mean as much to other people, but shoes? (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Look, Michael Jordan ain't played in, what, almost 20 years? Yep. And his, his his shoes are still selling as though he's on the court. Also have to factor that to the goal argument. Probably a minor footnote, but at the end of the day, the, the shoes do, they matter. It's a cultural impact. It's a cultural impact type of thing. Like you know, Mike's, Mike's impact on the culture is different. Granted, some people feel like LeBron's impact on the culture may be to a lesser extent like the black community based on the things he's done with his school and yep. some of his activism stuff. I think I personally think six rings does it like solidified for LeBron. But that's also me factoring in the other accomplishments that will have had to come at that time. Because as we sit here right now, he's like somewhere around 3000 points behind Kareem. That's probably going to come in like the next year or two. So we have to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. That same 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists is going to come at some point in that time frame too. I, if you give him two more rings and they're equal from a ring standpoint and LeBron has those other accomplishments, I think the conversation is is done. I still ain't giving it to him. You want to know why? Because you had to build it to get it. Yes. Yes. Well, keep going. Keep Free going. agents you had to bring in. Yep. Now, that's why people like Nick Wright will sit back and say, well, why are you not – well, give me something other than why Jordan had six – you know, other than 6-0, why you consider LeBron uh, – and not consider LeBron to be the greatest of all time. You had to build your teams, dude. You had to get – recruit people to come play for you so I can win. That's – and I know Mike has a dominance of – I need people that'll help win for me, but I'm not going to recruit Charles Barkley, Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, Sean Kemp, all these guys to come play with me so I can win. I'm going to play with the team that they put out out there, and I'm going I'm to I'm make it known about that. Yep. When you do that, that, in my eyes, it diminishes your value. So 
valid point. Counterpoint for me. Okay. I think if the roles were reversed and Mike was playing in this time period, Mike would do the teaming up because Mike wouldn't want to lose. Mike, Mike not going for going. Again, you you can if we swap in careers is what you're saying. If, if Mike had to play in from 2003 till now, okay, and LeBron had to go play from 84 to 98, mm-hmm. I think Mike would be doing the same teaming up that we knocked some of these other athletes for doing because Mike does not want to lose. Uh, me personally, I don't, I don't feel I feel indifferent when it comes to the free agency because again, I think today's era warrants the need to have to team up in a sense. When you go again, when you go against a team like the Spurs with Duncan, Parker, Ginobili, you need some guys that you know can go with that. When you go against Steph, Clay, and Durant, what do you Mike's not going against that by himself. What did Kobe do? Kobe Kobe's approach was different. Okay. But Kobe's mentality was also different. Kobe wanted to be the man, mm-hmm. and he wanted it known that he was the man. Mm-hmm. It, did it, he like to lose? He did not like to lose. But Kobe also took some L's because Kobe didn't get out of his own way, if we're being 100% honest. And what did Mike do? Mike, there was times Mike didn't want to get out of his own way. Right, but a lot of that was early on. If we again, if we if we talking about building teams, yeah. the Bulls built a team catered to Mike. It just wasn't riddled with free agent stars. They they built it with role players that catered to everything that Mike didn't need to do. Draft. Built through the draft, all that. LeBron again, being hundred percent honest, LeBron never had any of that. Catering to him in Cleveland the first time around, they they allowed that man to go to the finals, carry Zadrunas Ilgoskis, Danielle Marshall, and Booby Gibson to the finals, and then they let that man play with the same exact team the next year because they felt like they can get back. They got swept, okay, in the finals, right? They did, right? So what what good does getting back if you're going to get your ass kicked anyway? Depending on who I'm going up against. They, I don't care who they would have. So you mean to tell me, okay, they went against the Spurs in 07. If they'd have got up against the Lakers in 08 with Powell and Andrew Bynum, and no, they're losing that series. The 91 finals between the Lakers and the Bulls. I the know Bulls you were the better team. The Bulls were still the better team. It wasn't by much, but that was an older it Lakers wasn't, team. It wasn't, which is granted. Okay, then we'll say that. We give them that. I All think right. if you're, if you're going to say – any one particular team was great that Mike went against. That could have been better. You had to say the Jazz. And they were older. Yeah, they were old. Like that, that's a little unfair. So, the Sonics. Okay. If the Sonics had a third superstar, I would say that might have been the equivalent of some of the teams LeBron has had to go against. Okay, they didn't have a third superstar. They had a they had a solid player in Della Shreff. You know, right. and he, who was an all star, mind you. Let's not sit here and act like he wasn't no slouch. Yeah, but was my good, thing was, but he's not like he's not Clay. In, if we're talking about Steph, uh, KD, and Clay Thompson, oh, like man. it's just I, think, I don't know. I mean, I know he didn't get the op- he didn't get the chance where he was shooting it lights out like Clay would. But he wasn't no slouch. Where you sitting there saying, "I you can get me twenty twenty five if you." 
if we give you the ball, give it to you, yeah. you can give me those 20, 25 a night. I, he was a stud, man, in Dallas and Indiana. He wasn't no punk. When he got over to Seattle, he was trying to get himself a ring. I just – I don't I don't think that that era's competition in terms of finals opponents for Mike, he never had to run into anything. I, I feel like if we're – so if you just take the teams that they've played in the finals and you line them up in – one single file line and you are told, hey, pick the best teams in order out of this bunch. I'd probably say the top three or four of those teams are going to be LeBron's opponents as opposed to Mike's. You got the 2017 The wins, Warriors. right? Yeah, so just going year by year. 27-2018 Warriors with Durant at the top of the list. I would put that uh, 2014 Spurs team above Anything that might you talking about the losses now? Yeah, so I'm I'm saying like if just again ranking their opponents, finals appearances, win, lose, or draw. All right, I'm taking the Spurs in 2014 over any of Mike's opponents. As far as who was the better team, hmm. Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, and Kawhi. Uh, yeah, because. If you can you also it sounds like you also going by talent too. That's what I'm saying. Like just overall yeah, talent. If you're going by it, talent, then anything LeBron went up against is gonna be better than anything Mike did. So that, but again, that's why I also can't hold him I can't hold the losses against him as hard as other people do because they're the losses that he has, the only loss that he has in the finals in a series that he should have won was Dallas. It was just so ugly that people are gonna continue to hold that one over his head. Yeah. And 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 a lot of people do that is because of what he did earlier that year. That's the reason. Yeah. Not one, not two. Like if he, if, All he of never, that. if he never does any of that, we probably don't even trip off of the Dallas nope. loss. We just say it's a growing pain with you know new team. Just we getting a whole new off. team together, right? And you getting there, and and honestly, <laughs> if we gonna be real, if he didn't do what he did to Chicago, or what Miami did to Chicago, how they adjusted. And because Derrick Rose had no other real offensive option, yeah. the Bulls would be in the finals instead of the Heat. But they didn't have no weapons, so they yeah. locked up Derrick the, Rose. The offense was not equipped for no, that series. it was not. After that game, when I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, hey, lock the up. Same. Is that the lock game up that uh, Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson dunked, dunked on, on. Uh, Udonis Haslam? Correct. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's that it game. was – yeah, it it got dicey in that game, but after that, they they flipped the switch. So, yep. I just I think if LeBron gets the six rings, that that argument starts just to become more and more impossible. Especially if he's playing close to the level he's at right now. By the time that he calls it quits, LeBron thirty six right now, like <laughs> playing out of his mind. Year eighteen, thirty six years old. He's playing like he's still in his prime. So like his prime is not over yet. So, again, hypothetically speaking, Lakers win this year. Let's say they come close to winning, but maybe not win next year. People are probably going to start to be like, "Eh, okay, the goat conversation is over." With. If they pull off, if they pull off this one, of course, it's a back to back. That's back to backs with two different teams. I, it, the Mike couldn't do that. 
Mike couldn't do that one, man. He couldn't go to another team and then make. And see, that's the other part of the argument that people love to use is that Mike couldn't go to no another team and he could send them to the finals. But LeBron came, but now he considered. Da, 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 da. Hey, I, I'm going to say is that's why I, I like to use GOAT as G-O-T-E, greatest of this era or greatest of the era. And we can sit back all day, every day, and say that LeBron James is the greatest of this era. Michael was the greatest of his era. Bill Russell, the greatest of his era. Will Chamberlain. Because a lot of people are like, why you don't put Will Chamberlain in the GOAT conversation? Nah. Will will one and eight in the finals. Most dominant force he played. He planet. played against Bill Russell and lost basically every time he played against Bill Russell. Because he played team. They played team ball. Yeah. But – like and also the Celtics had what like eleven Hall of Fame. That was Jerry West. That was the one and eight. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Will Chamberlain didn't play in all of those finals, did he? Mm-mm. Didn't play in all of them. But he was part of one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, the '72 team. Yeah, '71, '72. So, so uh, <laughs> look, I six rings. If LeBron could get to six, I think the conversation's done. I'm gonna That's throw just, in again, an extra question. Opinion. Yep. This is a mailbag from the A train. <laughs> Do you think Kobe Bryant should be the NBA logo? Ooh. Um. I do. I Why? think so. It's kind of a similar reason as to Kyrie, but from a from a slightly different perspective. I just think like every major company, every major corporation, every major like league in some way, shape or form has had to adjust their identity as the years have gone on. Right. Mm -hmm. Jerry West is the logo. There are millions of basketball fans worldwide right now that probably couldn't even tell you the exact time period in which Jerry West played. And those are actual basketball fans. I'm talking about. There's also plenty of people that don't know that that is Jerry West's silhouette on the NBA logo. Correct. I think at some point you have to pay homage in kind of the same line that Kyrie was talking about. You got to pay homage to who helped build your league to the place that it's at now. And granted, Jerry West is one of the pioneers of the NBA, one of the best players of all time. If you ran down your top 10 best players of all time, would Jerry West be in it? Nope. Okay, I think at some point you have to have that logo represent the greatness your league has produced. You may not be able to put the goat. You, obviously, you can't use Jordan's logo. He got it for his own company. You know, you're probably not putting LeBron as a logo. I think you could pay homage to Kobe for what he was able to accomplish in his 20 years in the league, and you can let him be the league logo. Because, again, I think that league logo would then also – Represent a lot more of your fan base and your players than Jerry West does. Not to, uh, and again, not to necessarily make this a race thing, but we also talking about a league where, for the entirety that the league has been in business, the majority of your players have been black. True, it's the, it's the fact of it. So pay homage to to one of your greats. The only thing I don't like with it is this is the only thing. Everything else that you said, I agree with. The only thing I don't like with it is because you added another Laker as your NBA logo. But that's so, the only thing. But I mean, if we if we keeping it a buck, all the greatest players of all time except for Mike 
they put on a Lakers jersey. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Magic, Kareem, Wilt, Kobe, LeBron, everybody's been in a Lakers jersey. All of your goats, they know where home is, baby. They, they know where home is, baby. And on that note, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. It's been a fun mailbag episode. Shout out to my man, Arlington in the A-Train lane, handling everything from the production side. Shout out to my boy, Melvin Bond, coming in from Dope Media, doing video for my podcast here uh, this episode. We had fun. We had a great time. Many more of these discussions will carry on. But until next time, this has been the Price Check Podcast here on the In The Zone Network. Checking out.